Hi, I'm Mackenzie. I have autism. But this podcast isn't really about that exactly. And I'm Andrea. I'm friends with Mackenzie. What our podcast is about is conversations and connections. It's about how we are the same and how we are different. For each episode, Mackenzie and I interview a different guest. Some of our guests experience intellectual and developmental disabilities, also known as IDD, and some don't. We talk about friendship, family, adulthood, and when it comes up, disability. Our podcast is called Everybody In because we are so interested in everybody. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. I'm Andrea Moore, one of your hosts for Everybody In, a podcast conceived and produced by the Wayfaring Band. And here across from me, snug as a bug in a rug, is my wonderful and strange friend, Mackenzie. (laughs) What's up, everybody? I'm Mackenzie Bove-Nickel, Andrea's co-host for the podcast, Everybody In. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We have a great show today, one we have been excited about for a long time. Who is our guest today, Mackenzie? Our guest is Leslie Herod. She is a politician for District. Eight. Which is my district. Hey, She's go. my representative. I know Represent. I'm super excited. So she is, I'm, I will have to ask her how she talks about it if she says politician or legislator or representative, but Leslie Harrod is the representative for the House of the Colorado General Assembly for District 8. She's a Democrat. She is cares about a lot of the issues we care about, but we're going to hear more. Um, I'm super excited, but before we really talk to her and get to know her a little bit, can you share with us what is the format for today, Mackenzie? All right. So the format is I'm going to ask Leslie two questions, and then she's going to surprise me back. And Andrea's is going to be my wingman, so she'll <laughs> have follow-up questions. I'll be your wing lady. How about that? Oh, yeah. Your, your wing, your wing, wing wallaby. Lady. No, I want to be the wing wallaby, actually, <laughs> oh, because wallaby. they're cute. And, yeah, that's what I want to be. And you're like, okay. what is that? It's like a small kangaroo. I know what a wallaby oh, is. Oh, okay. Well, because, <laughs> you know, not everybody does, so that's cool. <laughs> Um, okay, that sounds great. And then um, I am more worried for you on this particular episode than most. Me too, and man. And you know why? Why? Because she's trained. She's <sighs> trained to be on her feet. She's trained to be in stressful situations. And I think you should be nervous about these <laughs> surprise questions. I mean, I'm super nervous, actually. I'm like, I just got really sweaty, too. So, you know, it's okay. We're All right. Gonna, we're gonna I'm do ready. Okay. I'm ready. All right, well, we're let's do this. Should we welcome to... her? Yes. Welcome. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. We're super excited. Um, Mac had a question, like, kind of before I we did. dive in. Um, can you tell me, like, uh, uh, first, like, about or more about your job and what you do? So, yeah. um, I could understand more, I guess. Yeah. Than everybody else. I'm really excited to be here with you today, both of you, in this really tiny black box that we have. <laughs> that we have Not here. Not a palace. Yeah. <laughs> um, you all smell great, so thank you for oh, that. Um, <laughs> um, so I am a state representative. Um, I represent about 80,000 people Whoa. in Central and Northeast Denver. Wow. Um, I chair committees, so if you see people walking around with a gavel, I'm one of those that gavels people down. Down sometimes. Ooh, I've always wanted to be a gavel wielding <laughs> person. Uh, gavel is a pretty powerful tool. I got to wow. tell you, um, it's one of, one of my favorite things um, is to bang the gavel when I need to. <laughs> but most importantly, I make sure that people have a voice uh, in the legislative process. 
that they can tell their stories before a committee and that they feel comfortable with someone who looks like me mm -hmm. and who looks like them um, so that they can be open and authentic uh, about policies that may impact them. Mm -hmm. So on top of that, I write the laws. So laws that um, impact your everyday life. I, ha I have the ability to write them from scratch, have the ability to change them because maybe they don't reflect the diverse and vibrant nature of our communities or they're oppressive. Um, and then I have to convince my colleagues, which is about 100 total legislators, so 99 other people, to agree with me and vote yes mm. um, on whatever I propose. And so that's kind of what I do. And I get most of my ideas from the community. And so um, that's what I do. Hey, that's super interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I think, you know, you said something. Can I just, I want to ask a couple of follow-up questions. Yeah. Wing Wallaby moment. Yes. Thank you. I'm just going <laughs> okay. cool. to hop on in right now. Okay. <laughs> um, so I heard you talking about the importance of having somebody from the community coming in and seeing somebody who maybe looks like them or uh, can understand some of their, th how their identity manifests in the world. Um, I know it's on your website that you are, in fact, the first LGBTQ representative and African-American person yeah. at all in the Colorado General Assembly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, A, thank you. <laughs> they, and then also B, like, how, what is that like? How, how does that I feel like I have a lot of questions about that. I don't know how to make it more specific except for to say um, maybe how do you feel holding that role? That sounds like a big role. Yeah. Well, I'm honored to be the first African-American LGBTQ person to hold elected office in Colorado. Um, any office, actually. Um, and definitely the first in the General Assembly. Um, you know, it does come with weight and responsibility, uh, but it also is a breath of fresh air that I can be exactly who I am and not hide it. I will tell you, I didn't think back in the day that I could run for office and win um, being a black queer person. Mm. Um, and I wasn't going to go back in the closet mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> um, so I thought I was going to kind of work behind the scenes. Um, and quickly I learned that I was I could actually do it and win. Um, you know, my mentor was the uh, was is an African-American female um, and she was the only one who was serving at the time. So she served alone. Um, I now serve with seven other African-American electeds. Yeah. Um, and so we have the power to represent. But then on the LGBTQ side, when I started working on equality issues, um, I realized that the black community is actually way more supportive than people think mm -hmm. or people give us credit for. Um, in my race, I was actually endorsed by the Ministerial Alliance, on this, which is the black ministers of Denver, um, at the, on the same day as I was endorsed by the LGBTQ victory fund hey that's the first time that's right and i was sure. like hey can i put this out together on the same you know on the same press release and everyone was like absolutely you know yeah. we support you we embrace you um and can you help us think about this better yeah, you know right. can you help us better serve our congregations um and so that's something that i'm really proud of um and i am committed to ensuring that there's more lgbtq people of color elected to positions mm -hmm. across colorado and across this country mm -hmm. um and i'm proud to say that my good friend and and um, now colleague uh, Chantel lewis is now the second african-american mm -hmm. lgbt person I should say openly lgbt person sure um to hold office and she represents um rtd which is our right. our public transportation yeah. board which is a, a very important position wow 
Thank you very much. That's very cool. So we're everywhere and we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. Um, but you know, it reminded me, Mackenzie, when Leslie was sharing about that, of something that we've talked a lot about, um, well, that we also live kind of in our work in the Wayfaring Band and with Special Olympics for you and other spaces is about representation mm-hmm. and about trying to make sure that more of us have access. I mean, that's what the whole point of Everybody In was, right? Is like yeah. not have people speak for us, but create that space. Um, was there anything that Leslie was talking about that that you kind of heard more than anything else or any questions <laughs> it gave you? or No, I'm just like, my brain's like. Poof. Yeah? Yeah, it's super cool. Thank like, you. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I know we're going to have a lot more questions for her as it goes, and I'm just going to trust our process and hey, think that like, as we do our process, we're going to get to deep dive more into her interests. And if not, I have some notes. <laughs> so don't worry. Um, but do you want to ask uh, your first question? Yeah. What's lit in life? What's You know what lit means. Mm. <laughs> Come on. Give me a little bit of credit <laughs> here. I mean, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. You didn't even give her a chance. To <laughs> right. Write, like, uh, sorry. hello. I'm sorry. Karen, cut that part. I'm Karen, sorry. do not cut that part. We're talking to our sound engineer. Leave it in. <laughs> so what's lit in life? Yeah. So I am really excited uh, to get started with the legislative session. Um, So for the General Assembly, the legislators at the state level, um, we meet January through May. And uh, so we we don't take breaks really on the outside, but we don't see each other. We're more in our district. So I'm in Denver. You know, it's my district. Um, And so it'll be nice to get there and start to pass new laws that I heard about during the interim that people want me to pass, that people want me to work on. So I'm really excited to get started um, in January. And then I will say the other thing I'm really excited about is uh, the work that I did around caring for Denver. So um, last year we passed a ballot measure, Denver passed a ballot measure um, to provide more mental health and substance misuse services throughout the city and county of Denver. So I basically um, took off my legislative hat put on my, I know how to run a campaign and win hat Mm -hmm. and said, uh, will you Denverites give 25 cents on a hundred dollars? So a sales tax increase, um, to provide about $40 million worth of mental health and substance misuse services right here in Denver so that we can change the infrastructure of support throughout the city. And I was told that we wasn't going to pass, that we couldn't do it. Um, but instead, 70% of Denverites said this issue was important and That's that they were willing yeah. to put their money where their mouth is uh-huh. and support this effort. 70%. So I'm excited to now be the chair of that foundation board. We created a new foundation, which is the largest mental health and substance misuse foundation in the state and soon to be in the country. Wow. Um, and I'm so excited to be able to work with my executive director, Lorez Meinhold, and the community to start getting this funding out in the community in a very different way than we've seen it before. So what does that look like? It looks like supporting the work that you all are doing here. Um, it looks like supporting you know, mental health and substance misuse services at a museum, at a school, at a mm-hmm. library, in a different way, so that we can destigmatize and have a community conversation about how we can support each other Mm. mac what's your thought about mental health services or do you think like we have like in our communities that we care about that we work in do you think that we have enough or i mean do you see the need for something like what i do this is really crazy i was we were just talking about this at my board meeting for special olympics um so we're bringing healthy minds into our practice um so special olympics does like screenings 
like healthy athletes so like we have like dental screenings and all of that stuff and now we're bringing in um oh i just said that. healthy minds yeah and healthy yeah. minds and because i feel like you know there's a lot of athletes and people out there that need to need that like how to overcome what they are going through i guess yeah their mind and all of that stuff so i'm super excited for that so yeah can't wait yeah and we all need it right and so what we found was that um mental health and substance use challenges they don't actually discriminate Mm -hmm. black brown Mm -hmm. um, wealthy poor um, it's no longer those people that are suffering. It's like all of us. Um, and we have to think about it differently. You know, Colorado has one of the highest uh, suicide rates in the nation. Like That's so interesting. You know, and we yeah. haven't figured out why, because I think we're not studying it. We haven't had the conversation. Um, we're not uh, allowing people to tell their own stories. Mm. It's like you have to fit into this mold or be medicated. And that's like mm. the only options. Um, but it's really so much more complex than that. Right. Um, and so I'm really excited to be able to seed some of these new conversations, this new way of thinking with actual money and resources, hey. um, That's it. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and a board that looks like us, you know, yeah. um, to really start to think about this stuff differently um, and outside of kind of the silos that exist, you know, right. the kind of, you know, we have to do mental health this way. You have to go to this place and you have to be that qualify in this way. Um, but really to think about how can we um, integrate it into things like, athletics and you know the special olympics and things mm-hmm. like that um because it's just so important um it's, so, it's such an important resource to have and so i'm glad you're already talking about it um you're kind of probably ahead of us already mm-hmm. and so you can inform us about what we should be doing awesome yeah that that's really cool. yeah and it's also super interesting it makes me think Mackenzie, too about how what you said leslie about that we don't historically we haven't really known what to do with it always so it's like we we recognize that there's an issue but there's like oh we're going to medicate somebody or we're going to throw up our hands and just sort of be like well it's a problem but the solution feels somehow difficult i mean i think in the world that mac you and i are often in is this world of folks who experience intellectual and developmental differences and the the over medication thing is also Mm. one of the big things that i think we've experienced in our community is like you know, prescribe another pill for it because people have behaviors that don't fit what, you know, we're comfortable with as a society. But then it's like, well, what what other kinds of services could we be doing where people just maybe feel more connected or feel like they have somebody to listen to them? And um, yeah, I don't know. I love anything that like is about helping people feel more connected and maybe just questioning medication, not necessarily like... And normalcy, like question normalcy, you know? I think we want to normalize the conversation, but not not have people all have to be the same and be normal. Like, what does Mm -hmm. that even mean? And why Mm -hmm. would we strive for that? Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds Mm -hmm. like mediocrity to me. Like, Mm -hmm. it sounds like we're basically trying to be basic (laughs) as opposed Mm -hmm. to being Mm -hmm. extraordinary. And so how can we, um, how can mental health support our uh, genius? Right. Um, that's really what we what we're looking to do. <laughs> that is lit. That is good. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. That's, that's awesome. a good answer. Yeah. Do was... you feel like she got it? Yeah, she hit it. She hit it. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad that somebody who's like lit up like that is uh, in there doing that legislative work. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a good. Th- it's a good thing to do. I'm. I'm lucky to be able to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what this means? Yeah. <laughs> it's my turn. It's your turn. It's my turn. You okay. look a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't bring her gavel, though. It's all good. Right. I did not bring my gavel. Um, So I had thought of the, you know, I thought of what kind of question do I want to ask you? And, um, you know, I've talked about the fact that I've I've changed laws and I really uh, love that work. Um, And so my question for you is, what laws do you think we should change? Or more importantly, what laws do you often break? Ooh, I don't break any. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think I do. We'll I change mean, your voice for the come on. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think what I would change is I want to see everybody included. Um, I think it's time for everybody to open their eyes and to see um, that everybody is everybody um, in inclusion and not um, discriminated or, yeah. you know. Um, all of that jazz and um, I just found out in March I had a ticket and I did not know about it wasn't on my usually I say something but I didn't see it on my uh, door and my dad just got a notice so I think that was it a speeding ticket or a no, parking a ticket? No, a parking ticket. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> oh, you really don't like breaking the line. Yeah, You're no. So but that is that is break. So you don't you don't park in the lines, huh? Is that your, <laughs> no, that your thing? No, I'm a, I'm <laughs> you, don't, you don't pay the meters. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a new driver, and so um, my dad comes up to me th- this morning and says, "So, where's this parking ticket? Um, I got back in March. I was like, what parking ticket are you talking about?'" I didn't see it on my dashboard. I didn't see it in my car door. So um, I was like, oh, shoot, I'm sorry. But maybe it was somebody else's ticket. Or I could have mixed up the driver's plate numbers because I mix numbers up a lot, mm-hmm. too. So, yes, that could have been what happened. But I haven't broken broken any. Well, that's a law that you broke. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. The thing that people forget and don't realize, especially when we're talking about equality, mm-hmm. right? Um, and maybe over-policing or the criminalization of people who are black or brown or um, uh, have mental health challenges, right? Um, they're over-policed in our communities, homeless. Um, but what people forget is that we all break laws every day. I'm not co-signing on that, mm. but we do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really important that we give grace um, and that we think about the situations that people are in and not try to get them further and further um, into the criminal justice system, but pull them out. And so one thing that we're looking at is something like a parking ticket and how many fines and fees get added every time you mm-hmm. didn't pay it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you can't afford it, right. Like, and that was what, 60 or 70, <laughs> yes, right? And so if you can't afford to pay, why does it get more expensive so that you continue to not be able to afford to pay? Mm -hmm. You know, how can we create processes um, that allow folks to um, say they just they can't afford it and Mm -hmm. accept responsibility for what they've done, Mm -hmm. um, but also not get put into debt or not be able to feed their families um, because they're trying to get out of a of a system that is really trying to keep them in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that might look like changing the fees around parking tickets, um, but it might also look like something even more more um you know dynamic for people which i think people have a lot of challenges when they go into court Uh, maybe they have a warrant or something like that and the fines and fees just keep stacking up against them they can never pay it um and then they stay in the system because of it which means they can't get jobs which means they have a harder time getting you know their Mm -hmm. driver's license harder time getting insurance and things like that and then it almost 
pushes them into more crime. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, mean, because they become more desperate, right? They become more desperate, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so that's something that I'm looking at for next year. And so, that's um, cool. yeah, yeah. You know, you made me think though. I have a, another way of kind of phrasing Leslie's question. I think that is it made me think of something. So when you asked about like what laws, maybe Mackenzie, that you would want to change or that you break a lot, <laughs> it also made me think about there are certain um, maybe typical pathways that don't fit, and the driving one is a good example. So like. Um, the laws currently say that you can get a driver's permit for most folks, a driver's permit at 15, and then you get 16. your we get your license at 16, and that you can get a permit usually a few months before that to yeah. be practicing. So let me ask you this, Mackenzie. How old are you now? I'm 24. And how old were you when you got your license? 24. And ah. what? tell me about your process, about why did you think about getting a license at 16? Why or why I not? I did not. Um, so I'm on the autism spectrum and, you know, some people say, oh, people with disabilities can't drive. Um, I really wanted to drive, but like the testing and like studying for the test, you know, I'm not that good at tests. And so I just would back down a lot. And then, um, I was like, man, it is time because I don't like riding transportation. I, I just, I I can't (laughs) anymore. I'm super uncomfortable. And I was like, man, it is time to get my driver's license. So I, um, like, my me and my mom have been talking about it, but we kind of put it in the back burner. And then I just like, I need to drive. So I um, went to Master Drive, and they help people with brain injuries and ID and all of that. ID meaning intellectual yeah. disabilities? Um, right. A study for the driving test and so that's cool yeah and so i did that um we did hire like some friends to help me study but it didn't really help so that's when we reached out to um master drive and then um yeah i did that and then i went to college i was in college too so i was learning how to take tests anyways so i had more confidence in myself to do the test so Mm. That's how I became a driver. So it felt like it maybe it was a better fit at that season of your life than yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And I, I don't know if, if you all see the connection there. I felt like what you, you brought up, Leslie, grace around sometimes breaking laws. And I think that resonated with me about in the disability world about grace sometimes around how we imagine that a group of people in society would move through a process that usually I think most systems are built for some sort of every man that doesn't fit so many of us. Right? Right, right. And, and that's sort of the reality of trying to come up with any average probably. But that's something that I was just thinking about when you were talking about driving that I was like, Oh yeah, like you, you do that now. That is something that's a part of your life skills. Um, but you went about it in a little bit of a, maybe an atypical way on a mm-hmm. different, a different timeline. Yeah, and, and a, lot of, a lot of too. people are doing that. They're yeah. like starting a little bit later driving, you know, yeah, and get that driver's um, license. You don't want to wait like a year, right? And all that's it's a lot of work. Yeah, are you a good driver? I am. I <laughs> actually do the speed limit. My mom was like picking on me the other day because she had to go to a PT appointment, and she called me because we were running late. 
Because I was doing the speed limit. Because you were going too slow? Okay, that that might drive me crazy. No, no, no. I was exactly on 40 the whole entire time. But that's a good example of laws that we're we're like conditioned to break. We're like, the speed limit is not fast (laughs) enough. um, Coloradans love, what is it, the Denver um, yellow light? Oh, it's a slide through. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a slide through. <laughs> like, you don't really got to slow down until it's red. That's like, right. that is definitely a Denver thing. Um, I am guilty of that. And yeah, so oh. you are probably a much better driver than me. Yeah. And I'm African American too. So I always have like that back in my head. Like, I have to drive a certain way. Um, like, a couple of days ago, I was like driving and like two cops w- were behind me. One was in in front of me and one was behind me and I just got super nervous you know so I took a deep breath and just kind of went into the next lane so I could let them pass because mm-hmm. I was like scared like I don't I don't, I know what to do in those situations but it's still in the my like you know back because I'm what do you American what do you do oh you know I just I will me and my mom has have this talk a lot I just have to put my hands on the steering wheel until they tell me to get my registration mm-hmm. and stuff out. Mm-hmm. And I have a really old car, too, so I would have to get my key out and then put the key in. And it's a hot mess, so I, I would just wait until they tell me the steps to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of terrifying, yeah. right? Um, the, again, these are things that are real in society that we have to start addressing mm-hmm. um, through laws and through culture change because – you know, as a as a black woman, I, I feel the same way. Um, very scared for my brother, who's a black man, six uh, three and a few mm. too many hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> but also a doctor who drives a really nice car and gets pulled over quite frequently because of that. Um, and you know, the fact that we're told that we have to be so compliant to keep our lives is um, is a is absurd. Mm-hmm. And it's racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to change that. And so working on uh, changing the way that policing happens is something else that I'm really focused on. Uh, because, you know, just because you drop the key, right, mm-hmm. um, or you can't talk because you're terrified shouldn't mean that you might um, be hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, those are some realities that we got to work through. Uh, and I think telling stories like what you just did about how you feel and telling your truth um, is really what brings awareness to this mm-hmm. issue to people who have no idea. There's people who mm-hmm. don't know that we are treated that way. Mm-hmm. That You know, I actually heard from a friend last night in a forum I did, um, and it was really interesting to me because they said, did you know that um, law enforcement doesn't typically ask where you're going? But they ask that of people of color when they pull them over or they stop them all the time. I didn't know that law enforcement didn't ask everybody where they were going and that you're not really supposed to or need to or have to answer that question. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, um, but they do. Right. Mm. And so that is very like small things that, that can cause huge problems. Right. But if we say, well, you don't actually need to know that or you don't get to know where I'm going. All of a sudden we are at risk, you know. Um, and so we have to get um, we have to change that um, and we have to fight back. Mm-hmm. So, And Mackenzie, I think it's really interesting. So you said, you know, that you've had those conversations with your mom. And we've had another in other conversations before, like I know this, but Leslie may not know that your mom is white. And do you feel like in those conversations with her, 
Now she's not also she's she's done a little bit more anti-racism work than than most white folks probably, mm-hmm. um, and she's raising a daughter and a son of color, and so those influence her. But do you feel like those conversations um, that that these are conversations that you were talking specifically about race when she says she prepares you to encounter the police? Does she? Yeah. That's in the context of you being an African American yeah. woman. Okay. Yeah, she's just I, she's just scared. Um, I have an older brother too. Uh, yeah, you said older brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. I have an older brother, and she was more scared for him because he's a male, mm-hmm. and like, um, and he has a learning disability, but you know he's good, but like more, like, scared for him because he's male mm-hmm. and yeah. all of that stuff. And me, because I'm on the autism spectrum, and I need to learn more in a faster way if I'm put in that situation. Yeah, yeah, high stress situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. is that something she asked you also? Like, is that something that you think you would say if you were pulled over? Would you self-identify as somebody on the autism spectrum, or no? No. Usually, I drive with like Special Olympics hoodies on just so they know. Um, but I don't know if that would work. Um, I don't like making excuses anyways, so I feel like that would kind of be an excuse saying, oh, I, I know I did something wrong, but I have autism, so that's okay. And um, I know the law enforcement, for they're really good with Special Olympics. They're like one of our highest um, founders, but I still have like trust issues because that's just the stories and all of that stuff, but um, it just depends, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and I'll say that... the hopefully the majority of your interactions with law enforcement are positive. Um, but we got to get the folks who are not good out. Right. Yeah. Um, and we got to continue to support their mental health needs too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and so that they're trained to really understand how to respond and how their experiences um, make, may cloud their perceptions. Um, but to be clear, you're not always doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. right. And so, um, you know, I think it is important for you to have all those tools in your toolbox that it seems like you have um, and to help other folks uh, understand what tools they should have in their toolbox. Uh, But then remember that you're not always in the wrong, um, but you got to make sure that you make it out of the situation. um, And hopefully, Mm -hmm. hopefully you, your encounters with law enforcement are the positive ones. um, And you're, you know, definitely working with someone who, um, gets it, mm-hmm. who understands, and is is really just trying to keep public safety in mind. Mm-hmm. Thank you both. This is an awesome conversation. Let's take a quick break. And listeners, we'll be back in just a few minutes with two more questions. Hey. <laughs> the Wayfaring Band is an adventure where everybody belongs. But we're not a rock and roll band, are we, Mackenzie? No. So what type of band are we? We are a band of travelers. A band of travelers, right. So the Wayfaring Band creates original transformative adventures for adults with and without intellectual and developmental disabilities. But who can travel with the band? Everybody. Oh, that's right. Everybody can. Well, as long as they're a grown-up, right? I mean, our programs are for adults. Sorry, kids. Yeah, sorry, kids. But if you're an adult, everybody, you too can travel with the Wayfaring Band. Adults with developmental disabilities, caregivers, students, teachers, professionals, activists, interested community members, all of you are welcome to join us on tour and experience our culture of inclusion firsthand. Be a part of it. How can they learn more, Mackenzie? Learn more at 
www.thewayfaringband.com. Let's go. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Mackenzie, welcome back. Thanks. Um, we are here, you and I, with our fabulous, wonderful guest, Leslie Harrod. Hey. Legislator mm-hmm. and uh, representative for District 8 in Colorado. Um, and it's been good. This conversation's been, it's like, it's deep. It I'm, is. Yeah. What do you think so far, Mac? What I are mean, you reflecting on? I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's like... My heart is like so warm right now. Oh, <laughs> so is mine. Hey, let's go. I, you know me, I'm a sucker for like, let's talk about real things and social change. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting my <laughs> needs met. And that's always like what's lit to me too. And, um, but this is good. So, well, let's keep it going in that case. Do you want to ask Leslie your second question? All right. My second question is everybody needs help sometimes. What do you need help with? Well, I think in the first segment, we talked about a little bit about needing help writing laws and with policy. And so I definitely need help thinking through what needs to change in people's lives. Like so walking through a process with you, right, walking Mm -hmm. through you getting your driver's license, understanding how that might look different than my experience. You know, I need help from people telling me um, what I should be focused on. Hmm. You know, Um, I don't have all the answers or the solutions, uh, but I can investigate, you know, yep. I can research and I can understand and try to learn other perspectives. And so I need help with that. I need help knowing where to go in the communities. I need help knowing how communities might uh, interact differently. Um, and so, you know, my door and my, my phone and my emails are always open to help me understand. Um, and I also need help in the work. Uh, this work is not easy. Uh, there's a lot of folks who um, are not typically advocated for. And we need people to advocate with us. Um, and so we need support from the community. For instance, uh, you know, I do a lot of work in criminal justice reform and mm-hmm. in the criminal justice system. And there are so many people who are, you know, behind bars, right, um, who don't have anyone advocating for them. Yeah. And the community has forgotten about them. And people forget that, that they're coming back into society. They are us. Uh, And so what are we going to do together as the community, as a society um, to help them and to advocate for their needs? I'm really lucky that we have a new uh, director within the Department of Corrections. So our, you know, executive director of uh, what we call DOC um, actually gets it Hmm. and cares about reform um, and is doing all kinds of fun things like bringing the arts into um, into prisons and then allowing for things like public um, shows and oh, theater so much about in that. the community. Everybody's talking about that at the, the Newman Center. Community. It was totally. so amazing. Yeah. So more of that and more folks advocating for each other. And yeah. so that's kind of what, what I think I need help with. Um, but also I need help with a few more things. Like I haven't changed a light bulb in my house in a very long time. <laughs> hey, <yeah>. And my, <laughs> yeah. and I, know, I don't know if you know any tall people, um, but uh, <laughs> I have this apparently phobia of changing light bulbs. And so, um, <laughs> so I, how many state that. representatives does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> it takes a quite few. a few, yeah, apparently, at least three. So um, so those are some things I need help with. <laughs> that is, you know, reflecting on that, I'm just amazed thinking about to get something done as complex and multi-layered as changing laws or writing brand new laws. I mean, yeah, that is not something you can do by yourself. Absolutely not. None of the work that I have done has been alone. Mm-hmm. Um 
And so we have to do it together. And if, if there's something that a legislator or elected official is doing that someone doesn't like, they need to hear about it, you know. But also when we're doing things that people do like that are positive, we need to hear about that too. Right. Um, and we need that support because uh, the work is hard. Um, and if you do it alone, you'll fail, right? And then there'll be no movement for the community. Mm-hmm. And so we have to work together to make that change. Mm-hmm. Mac, what about for you when you're listening to what Leslie's saying about needing help with, I heard her say a couple things that I'll just kind of sum up, right? I mean, I can help you with your light bulb. You <laughs> can? Yeah. You got me? To that. Yeah. All right. Okay, okay. okay good. Okay, That's good. good. Let's just get that one yeah. off the list. All right. Check that one I'm off. Okay, good. Phew. Um, but, you know, so I heard her talking about needing help from the community to know what the needs are. And then needing help maybe from colleagues is that and like other folks in in your world to kind of pass something big, mm-hmm. like which maybe is about relationships. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. to know who you can rely on, who you can trust, like who what kind of coalitions you can build. Um, what do you think for you, Mackenzie? What, does that make you think of anything that you can relate to? Like where are you ha- like when you're trying to do something bigger than bigger than the light bulb? When you're trying to like do something with, can you relate to this idea that you have to, like you need help from people to give you feedback and then you also need help from colleagues to get the thing done? I mean, so I really want to work in marketing for Special Olympics and uh, Colorado. So um, I am getting help there, you know, getting to do some gigs. Is that kind of what we're talking about? It could be. Um, I mean... My all-time goal is I want to see everybody um, included. Um, I think it's time for us to change in that. Um, and, like, I guess we should have a law <laughs> for Inclusion Day and everybody's included in everything. Where do you see people not being included? What are the big um, hot hot topic areas where people don't jobs. get included? Jobs, jobs are um, the big thing for me. Um, Say that, more about that. Yeah, What does that look like? Um, so if you ever work with someone with someone with a special, like for special needs who has special needs or ID, um, they're always on top of it, always on time, always loyal, always, you know, out there trying to get, get stuff done. And I don't, I don't see that in like where I want to be. Um, I don't want to be a, I don't want to work at Safeway or King Supers because they always put people with special needs and ids there but they they we have a whole bunch of other people that have big dreams like i want to be in marketing and i'm getting there slowly um but i just don't i don't want to work at a grocery store or a gas station or a bagger because i know i can do bigger things with life that's cool no i think that's important to say and to hear um and so you know keep saying that and doing the work and let's figure out ways we can help you. I'm down. Um, You know, people are thinking about things differently, right? Even in the work workforce, sometimes that's a law and other times that's corporate policy changing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And people telling their stories and showing their skills and saying, I'm a human being, Mm -hmm. you know, who has talents to offer you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, let, let, let me help you. Hey, that would be great let's make that happen yeah it's that a culture shift right and yeah. a lot of times the the legislatures are having to like the culture shifts first right yeah. and mm-hmm. then the law yeah kind of catches up yeah absolutely. and that's happening it is happening and you know i want to sh- i mean like to some degree i i respect and, and agree with you that um there are other things that you can be doing and 
one of the things I, I respect about the grocery stores is that they were one of the first people to be like, we have an answer. Yeah. It might not be an answer for everyone, but we're willing to be the first yeah, the first group of of companies that has a, has at least a solution for some folks, and we're gonna try. Yeah, and I think that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes we're gonna try and not be able to solve the problem for every single person every single time. But yeah, we're gonna put some folks with disabilities on our front lines where you are interfacing with them directly every single day, and it feels like a justice based decision. And at the same time, it feels dated, right? It mm-hmm. feels like we've outgrown it, and that we are ready for more. Um, but not necessarily eliminating that because of course you and I both have a million friends who who do that kind of yeah. work and who are I mean really they suited. love it they right. love it so much and that's really good to see um, like so Special Olympics is starting to we're gonna I think we're we're moving into um, partnerships with businesses um, so Cronky Sports is gonna be cool. a yeah super cool um, they just hired seven athletes to help with entertainment for like the Nuggets, Avalanche, and Mammoth game. So they get to Sweet. like. It's a good gig. Yeah, right? They have like ice skating, like, you know, the people that do the ice, they do those. Like, so they're starting to include include people with ID. It's just very slow. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want it to go fast. But <laughs> um, so like that type of stuff. So Special Olympics is starting to, you know, um, get the word out there for jobs and not to just to be like a sports yeah like program but yeah. hiring and all of that stuff so Cronky sports is one of our go-to people right now and i just shadowed someone from there yesterday in marketing and i'm super stoked so hopefully. you're gonna learn a lot yeah it was really cool that's so. great yeah you've got a lot of initiative there huh? <laughs> yeah yeah let's go, let's go. <laughs> that's good i like it that's, that's how you get ahead so keep that up i I'm, I'm gonna push one more thing before we switch to leslie's final question okay good because i was getting actually you're ready you're all nervous no, no no don't worry breathe i have one more one more thing and i kind of want to know and this is a little tricky like we acknowledge you're a public figure mm-hmm. so that's the reality of being a public figure is that you are public and people get to know a lot about your life. So they think this my is qu- a setup. This is a setup. <laughs> my question for Run. you, well, my question for you is I, I hear you about that. That's where you need help. I'm like, yeah, y- you need help. And it was actually really refreshing to hear your answer because I feel like a lot of times when Mackenzie, you ask that question about everybody needs help. What do you need help with? One thing I think happens often is that people say, I don't know, I need help asking for help. And what was refreshing about Leslie's answer is that you were like, I, I know I need help and mm-hmm. I'm going to ask and I have a whole I have a whole system for asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really refreshing is that it's like built into your your whole world. It's like what you do. My question, I suppose, is more on a personal nature. Are there more personal areas of your life where you feel like maybe emotionally or mentally mental health or you know physically other areas where you need help um that are not as part of the public eye um sure light bulb yeah the light bulb is one (laughs) for um, sure for for sure sure. i am not handy um that is a thing um but you know i think absolutely you know i could do better with taking care of my own mental health um i talk about it a lot um but you know 
having that, spending that time to take care of myself or to get away and go up to the mountains mm. or on a drive or something. Um, I could definitely use some accountability partners in that. Yeah. Um, same, and- <laughs> <laughs> same Z's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just taking some time to breathe. Um, when, when we know there's so much change that needs to happen um, and it really pulls on my heart, um, it makes that the number one priority yeah. and I don't really take care of other things. Um, and so that's so, that's what you're driven by for like you're, yeah. yeah I mean, this yours. is like really me, right? So, that's right. so I look at your tat and I see that you've got this tattoo on your arm here. Is that Special Olympics? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's your life, right? Like, yeah. and you, yeah. you care about it. Um, and mine is, I have 44 on my wrist because it's for President Obama, the 44th president. Hey, let's go. And so, uh, uh, <laughs> I can't talk about that. Um, <laughs> and so, um, and, and I have also uh, Neil Sine Numine on my other wrist, which is um, the Colorado State motto, which means nothing without providence or nothing without God. Hmm. Um, but that's just to say that, uh, like policy making and change is my life. Yep. Um, it's what I focus on. Yep. And we all have to remember that to be whole, you have to focus on other things too. But I do want to say that as a black woman, this whole conversation that has really risen about self-care um, really comes from our community. And I think it's a great thing, but it's really hard to do that as someone who um, lives and breathes as a black person, right? Mm-hmm. Because we do experience trauma and microaggressions mm-hmm. and racism on a daily basis. Um, and self-care is hard when you have to take care of community, family, you know, in just different ways. Yep. Um, and so I think as a black woman and in our community and our, our black communities, because we're not a monolith, mm-hmm. um, we do need to think about how we can take care of ourselves, um, knowing that a lot of us are working three jobs, you know, right. knowing that we don't have safety nets to fall back on, um, knowing that we want to help everyone in our communities, but we can't, we have to take care of ourselves first. And so putting on that, you know, what do they say? Put on that oxygen mask on yeah. you before you put it on someone else is just not what we do. That's right. Yep. It's, it's not how we live, you know? Um, and so re um thinking about that and um figuring out how we can make that different in our communities is something that i need help with but personally i need to do like i i don't do it um and having more accountability around that would be helpful yeah so let's go do something fun Mm. thank you so much for sharing that that's really helpful and also just a good reminder sometimes i'm like yeah a lot of us who are in this the social change spaces i'm like um, everybody's telling the same story i'm like because mm-hmm. that is it's my guiding star the work i do is my guiding star that's it that's north that's that's where i'm going yeah. you know and yeah. so beyond that um you know i mean that's just yeah so so but then finding a way to continue to do that work i think is what i hear you saying about well how how can i make sure that i still have the resources to fight another day and mm-hmm. that that's a part of it too mm-hmm. um All right, I've delayed as long as I could, Mackenzie. I'm sorry, that's it. (laughs) Let's see what she's got for her final question. Now, my final question is just is going to be pretty fun because I was going to ask you more about the Special Olympics tattoo, but we've talked about that a little (laughs) bit. But I'm like curious. So, do you play sports? Like, first of all, what do you play? So, I have like okay. So, I'm going to make this more than one question because. I'm a politician can. and I can. <laughs> um, I write the law, so I break them often. Um, cool. But uh, so I want to know what sports you play. And then I also want to know what your favorite TV show is, because I want to do a day of binge watching and I need some recommendations. OK, cool, cool. cool. Um, so I play a lot of sports. Oh, my gosh. So Special Olympics offers 22 sports seasonal and I do half of them. 
<laughs> so I, I can go. I can do <laughs> so a list. True. I'm gonna do a list for you. All right, here we go. Lay down. Basketball and snowboarding in the winter, nice. and then springtime it's soccer and track and field. But I compete in soccer because I don't like running that much. But you run more in soccer than track and field anyway, so it's the <laughs> same thing. And then in the summertime, I do softball. And summer, late summer, I do. <laughs> late summer. Late summer, it's flag football, I think. That's my new sport. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'm a hot mess, actually. Because you know, the plays, like, they just say run with the ball because I don't. I don't know what the plays are. Just run straight and don't get your tags pulled. <laughs> so that's what I do. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love and it. And then I play, I just finished up volleyball. And my first uh, training for snowboarding is on Saturday. Nice. Brick. Nice. Yes. Can't wait. So why do you play so many sports? Why? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, so back when I was in, um, elementary or middle school always wanted to play sports but I the the coaches didn't know how to coach me because of my learning disability and um I was getting made fun of because I would do it a different way so I kind of stopped and then in high school I was like I need to get back into sports and then watching my brother play basketball and all of that stuff I was like I gotta un-up you you know like Mm. be the bigger person (laughs) and the sports field in the family so sibling rivalry is always yeah the food of great things let's go um and so um i started a unified i didn't start it but my school tj let's go thomas jefferson (laughs) represent um they started they were one of the second schools in denver park no denver public schools unified oh yeah okay (laughs) thank you public Um, schools public schools to start a high school unified team and um, our first game, I remember, like, um, we were playing against Cherry Creek. We didn't have uniforms. We didn't have anything. We only had, like, three athletes and, like, a whole bunch of unified partners. And I was like, we cannot go down like this. And so, like, we dominated them. So it was good. Um, so that's why I like sports. And nice. I'm really um, competitive. I could tell. Man, <laughs> I try to hide it. So, like, when I lose, I have to go to my car and scream because um, I just I don't like losing. And um, sorry, Special Olympics, but that's how I get my anger out. Um, I'm sure they would not... be a fan of you having a nonviolent way to express your anger. Oh. I think that's fine. Right. I mean, <laughs> I just go to my car because, like, I can't. I'm a leader for Special Olympics, too. Um, I sit on their state board, yeah, and I can't. I don't like showing my weaknesses, so I have to go scream in my car sometimes. Well, you know what? A leader is someone who can show their weaknesses. And yeah, still I know. I know. I, I I do. Sometimes I do show it on the field. You know, like you know, person. being frustrated and working through it is okay. And yeah. and being a leader might be. To, um, giving your teammates the tools that you are using. That's right. Yeah. Go scream in the car. Like when I go to my car, don't bother me, but I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. And maybe one of them that's screaming in the mm-hmm. in the place needs to hear that they can use their car as a safer space. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the thing. But, mm-hmm. um, cool. Yeah. That and what was the other question? So TV shows. TV shows. What are you oh, watching? Man. What should I watch? I mean, I just finished The Voice. Um, cool. You know. Can you sing? Mm. Yeah, I can't. But not. We're listening. No, <laughs> Look at all of these de- skills. <laughs> uh, but that's another time. <laughs> um, 
I'm like watching the Fuller House. The oh, new, the yeah, 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 the new one. Um, man, I watched Full House when I was like, oh yeah, a kid that can remember. So oh yeah, really when wasn't... Uncle Jesse was like cute, <laughs> right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, right, like exactly. That, yeah. um, that and you know, I like Law and Order, SVU. Dun dun yeah. dun. Hey, um, what else? I, I like Criminal Minds too. Hey, but I'm I'm waiting for <laughs> the, the next season to come out on Netflix, but I don't think they do it anymore. Is it off the air? Yeah. Did I miss that? I, I haven't heard that. Maybe. It, well, that's just Netflix has a delay, though. But it's been like five years. <laughs> I finished the season. So, so it could be. That could or they don't. Or they did it like Friends, you know, like they just took Friends off. Yeah. But, yeah. But um, that. The Fosters uh, the you Fosters. talked about before. I yeah. love the Fosters. Yeah. That's cool. Because have you seen the Fosters? Mm-mm. I'm going to tell you about the Fosters because <laughs> it's really good. So the Fosters is about these two gay women that adopted um, kids in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think four of them. And then they had a biological son from the four, one of their marriages. And it's just like how families get together. And I th- nice. really think that's super cool just to see how people can have families just mm. in different ways and it's just heartwarming sad but it's it's true because they hit like they hit like what's really wrong with the foster care system oh, and good. the justice and all of that stuff mm. and i really love i love that show i mean i can watch repeat everything you know so that's yeah. what i'm gonna watch then the hey, fosters that's yeah, it the mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about it i mean hey. i love shows that actually like have real conversations yeah about what's really going on yeah. in mm-hmm. society you know and so um that sounds like it's uh right up my alley so i'm gonna yeah. check it out it's awesome right? see people tease me for watching buffy because mm-hmm. how could a vampire and a vampire slayer be about what's really going on but, but it is a hundred percent about what's really going I, on I buffy talking, i don't know what she's talking you've about. never watched well, buffy you're too young well, that's what you should watch. That's what you should <laughs> so watch. So I'll watch Netflix? The Fosters, right. and yes, you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer right. and live our best lives. All right. <laughs> it's not like Sabrina the Teenage no, Witch. No, no. Right. This is I real remember. talk. There are two women in this room who are telling you to watch Buffy that you should consider. Wait a minute, but what's wrong counsel? with Sabrina? I no, like I Sabrina. It's thought, a different thing, I thought though. it was the same thing. No. no. Oh, no, they're different. They're just, different oh, yeah. blondes. Different blondes. Oh, cool. Yeah. For sure. different blondes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're out of time, but Yay. it sounds like we have a to-do list. Do. It sounds like we have some TV binge-watching to do. And, I mean, uh, I'm done with college back. now, so that's like my life right now. So Yeah. Okay. Well, I would hope not. I would hope that I studying mean, is, is more your no, life. I'm done. Oh, you're done with I'm college finished. is what you said. I thought you so said dealing I'm with college. I'm just at my house and watching TV. This is great. I also really appreciate, Leslie, that you are not only my representative for District 8, but that you listen to your constituents to the point where you just took a TV wreck from somebody from District 3, and you're going to get to work on that right away. Absolutely. I'm going to be on it. And for your listeners, when they hear this podcast we should put a poll up right so i need y'all to tell me what i should watch too um and you know let me know in the comments and all of that stuff and uh we'll we'll get my we'll get my uh netflix cue going but truly too for listeners you know if you are listening and i think we can get really tied up in this country of like on a national level sometimes and like it's just a great it's so refreshing and exciting and i'm so grateful thank you for coming onto our show and for being somebody who is really talking about our backs like this is about colorado this is about denver you know we want to have a bigger impact i think to we want to 
people from outside of Denver and Colorado, of course, we hope you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a cool reminder that like we start on a local level and that's where we can actually like have yeah. a conversation and get real work done. And absolutely. And just, yeah. Make your voices heard. And so. don't forget that elected officials are people. We're That's just right. people. We're people just like anybody else. And so um, have conversations. Right. Tell them what, what you want us to do. That's our jobs. But also know that, you know, sometimes we just got to like eat and we need help and we want, yeah. you know, we want to hang out and watch TV. And so, um, That's a good reminder. you know, and we all need grace. So let's, let's work on giving that to each other. We will all do it. Thank you all so Thank much for tuning so in. Much. <laughs> Thank you. Take it. Bye-bye. Everybody In is sound engineered by Karen Hibner with original music by The Dosage. It is produced by The Wayfaring Band, a Denver-based 501c3 nonprofit specializing in life skills and leadership training through travel for adults with and without disabilities. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Later, alligator.